When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. I'm flying solo this week. Anytime the Pirates go out to the West Coast, it just makes it difficult to link up with Eddie and do a, a proper show. So I'm flying solo this week. This is the last, I believe, the last West Coast trip of the year. So... Don't have to worry about it anymore after this. This is the last time, which is good because these it's been a lot of West Coast baseball the last couple of weeks. Um, between the All-Star game and uh, this series in Anaheim, and they're going down to San Diego, but then that's it. The rest is no worse than the central time zone. I can take that. I want to talk about something that this isn't trade deadline week quite yet. But I, I want to talk about the trade deadline this week because next week it's going to be so much more. We've heard blank connected to blank. We've heard this. We've heard that. And let's just take it a different way here. And I want to just say something different. And maybe you guys can remember from other shows, old episodes from like a year ago whenever I made this point. And I... I it's not my most original take, but I think this is the best year to summarize it or that it really applies here. Because last year I said, you know, you don't need to sell. The parts don't need to sell at the trade deadline, knowing darn well that Jose Quintana was going to get traded. We all knew Quintana was going to get traded. Uh, it did bring back. Jan Oviedo, who has his ups and downs, but I think overall anyone can say, yes, that's a major league pitcher. That's someone that you know you can put on your staff. And he even has the potential to be a good starter. If he could just, you know, keep away out of those like Jekyll and Hyde innings where like we saw in the fourth inning on Friday, whenever that slider just went away and that was it. So but he is a major league pitcher. I got like I said a lot of things with Jose Quintana. A being like you don't know where those innings were coming from. You don't know where the veteran leadership is going to be coming from. There's just like a long list of things that it, it just didn't work out well. You know, from a logistics other side, the other than the pure baseball of Quintana for two months for five six years of Oviedo is a good trade. I get that. I want to apply it to this year though. 
because the parts are in once again that same. You don't really have enough pitching, or the pitching is very thin at the moment. So what do you do? Well, you put Rich Hill out on the trade deadline. And yeah, yeah, I, I get the whole, you, you want the guy to play for a competitor. You want to bring in young, controllable talent. There's a lot of baseball reasons for everything. But, and this is a big but, this isn't Jose Quintana. Rich Hill has eaten innings. He's been a great guy in the clubhouse. He's been the veteran leader. He's done all the things that this team really expected him to be whenever he came in. And that's great. That's The Pirates brought him in with certain expectations. He has met those expectations. That doesn't mean he's going to have a lot of trade value. Because let's be honest here, Rich, Rich Little is probably Rich Little. Wow. That's an obscure comedian. He's speaking on my part. Rich Hill is going to be a playoff team's fifth starter. Let's be honest here. If, if, if even that. He is probably not going to get the ball in a do-or-die playoff game as a starter. Teams are not going to give up a lot for Rich Hill. Teams are not going to give up a lot for Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana has been one of the biggest clubhouse leaders this entire year, especially whenever it comes to the young Latin players. They really look up to him. They really, he's been great for all that. Production-wise, it's been middling. The, the Pirates, I, I, I still like where their mindset was with the, you know, get a lot of guys who were overly shifted and see if, you know, that reconnects or, or that readjusts with the new shift rules. I kind of wrote that that was probably only going to be a handful of hits anyway, and we've kind of seen that. He still had no PS like in the low 700s, so it's not like it's really taken off or anything. Here's a guy who's an average bat at first base or DH positions that you traditionally want an above average bat. So he's a defensive player. Again, great guy in the clubhouse. Some team will give something up for him, same way that some team will give up something for Rich Hill, but you're not going to get back big-time prospects. You're not going to get back a Johan Oviedo even. So it comes down to what is better for this organization going forward. Is it to accrue a few more 40 future value prospects, guys who are going to be fourth or fifth outfielders or utility men or relief pitchers, or is it to ride out this fourth year, year four, and try to salvage as many wins as you can get down the stretch and make sure that clubhouse does not get listless like it did September 2022 clubhouse, whenever... A lot of people were hurt, and a lot of people were traded. That was about as bad a part clubhouse. Okay, I, I covered 2019. I guess I can't say that. But it, it was it was listless. It was There were a lot of people in there that were just ready to cross the finish line for the year. And you can't go into that. You can't have that again. Not in year four. 
and I, I'm going to keep stressing over these last two months of the season, two and a half months, year four. This is year four. Not saying there was an explicit five-year plan, but year four, you expect to see those opening steps, those first steps of becoming a competitive ball club. And that was very much the case in April. But ever since the calendar turned to May, that's been no. No, they, they don't look like they are any better than they were last year. From May to this point in July, they have pretty much played like the same 100-loss team that we saw in 2022 and 2021 and what would have been 2020 if they would have had a full season. And that's not good enough for year four. It's just not. You have to show something tangible, tangible growth. I said all along, you know, low 70s wins. And yeah, that, that's still a disappointment after what they did early on in April. But that's still, if they finish 72 and 90, it's still a 10-game improvement. That's still a good chunk of the way to becoming a competitive ball club. How do you get there? Do you get there by having another random 40 future value prospect in the system? We're already at a point pretty much where... We're, we're starting to see guys who are promising prospects start to get DFA because there's just not enough room. Travis Swaggerty being the most recent exa- example. I mean, this Swaggerty, there was other stuff. There were the health concerns. There was, you know, log jam in the outfield. We, we, we could go through a long list. But 2018 first-round draft pick can't hang on to a spot in 2023. That says a lot about where you feel your roster is. So are you going to really infuse any more talent whenever you kind of know who you're going to be pulling from at the major league level for the most part for the next couple of years? I I don't – this isn't the year. If anything, as crazy as this might sound, I might float a couple like you know guys who are – on the 40-man roster, but hanging on by a thread, float and see if you can package a couple of them and bring back some, be buyers, for lack of a better way of saying it. Now, controllable players, you know, someone that you have for 2024 as well, but if you could trade outfielder X, I won't send anyone out, but we all know there are a good handful of outfielders in Indianapolis, and there's no way this team could really hang on to all of them. If you want to you know, flip one or two of them for a team's fifth starter, but is projectable. I I don't see how that's a bad idea. I don't see how just finding a way to build that 2024 team at the trade deadline in other ways other than trade expiring contract for prospects, because we've seen that for a couple years now. And it worked with Quintana. It worked with Adam Frazier. Frazier wasn't, you know, the expiring contract, though. Frazier had been there for a year. He had, you know, next year left on his contract. So, really, we can look at all these, you know, one-year free agents that they signed, and the only major player who has made an impact at the major league level is Johan Oviedo. And we're getting ready for another year where maybe they trade one of those guys. So, it's it isn't the year. I feel like, or this is the year that you clear it with Rich Hill, you clear it with Carlos Santana. If they want to go ring chase, they could go ring chase. That's fine. They, full blessing. Go for it. Go get your ring. But 
they have been very vocal that they like Pittsburgh, that they like this clubhouse. If they want to stay in this clubhouse, honor that. They are net positive for being those guys in the clubhouse. You can keep them there. That could mean so much more. A handful of wins in 2023 and keeping a good clubhouse and building that culture and having a guy that these young players could you know, lead on for a little longer, I feel can do just as much, if not more than another random double-A reliever has been added to the organization. We're going to take a break. Whenever we come back, we're going to talk some catching. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So in not so certain words or definitive words, I guess I should say, Andy Rodriguez is the Pirates' starting catcher for the rest of this season. We've seen him start three of his first four games behind the plate since he's been up in the major leagues. He's really we've seen some uh, we've seen a little bit of jank, a little bit of what you would expect from a young player, but he is figuring it out. And it's fine. You gotta get some growing pains there. And you know what? He's got a great person to lead on right now in Austin Hedges, who I I feel like now that we're in Austin Hedges is the backup mentor, you know, type role. I, I feel like there's going to be a second half resurgence of appreciation for him. I look, I say this in the nicest possible way, as Hedges has been a very kind person to the media not that it matters you know whenever you're assessing players we have jobs but he's been very kind he has been a great person to have in that locker room he's been a great person having you know clubhouse meetings and and preparing for series and like he does a lot of things so so well and then he picks up a bat and everyone just loathes the guy i feel like i mean not that it's you know fair to him or, you know, well, I guess you can't say not really fair to him. He kind of hit his way into it. He is the best backup catcher in baseball. He is the best backup catcher in baseball. And he is, he is among the worst is a starting catcher. It's going to be my trade off there. Because if you, you could just deal with, oh yeah, the backup catcher, he's not going to hit. You, that's so much easier to accept. And he's like, but he's so good with the pitching staff and he's so good at game planning. And he's so good at picking up stuff, you know, and bringing it to meetings and like it, that. And that's great. You know, that's like literally everything you want from the backup catcher. And then whenever that guy gets, you know, starts five days a week, it's like, okay, no, wait a minute. We, we can't do this all the time here. He's going to be backing up. Andy Rodriguez is going to be starting. 
And then there's Henry Davis, who I, I see some of the tools in right field. I mean, we know the arm is electric, but we also have seen him not really bounce well, maybe not field a ball cleanly. There's a couple times there's one on uh, Friday night against the Angels. Once again, this guy is not a natural right fielder. And I, and I want to just stress, like, it's okay to just say he's learning the position because he is. It's not a finished product. It is what it is. We've seen worse right fielders out there. I mean, he's he's better than Yoshi Tsutsugo. If I could evoke a name back there. But, like, it's it's – the guy's not a right fielder, naturally. That's fine. When is he going to get more time behind the plate? Because as of this recording, we've seen him for one inning back there. And it was one inning that I, I talked to uh, Jordan Comedina. I wrote this piece for the site uh, during the last road trip. Uh, just talk about all the things that they're doing. They're working on behind the plate, what behind the scenes. What's he, you know, presenting the target the right way? How do you snatch the ball? How do you frame the ball? How do you catch the ball consistently? Believe it or not, that's something that was a bit of a problem in Altoona. So how do you continue to develop that if he's not going to get major league reps? At least not consistent one, because it can't be an inning here, an inning there. I don't think there's a whole lot of... You don't want to take a ton away from Endy, and you can't take that much more away from Austin Hedges, the way that's kind of being presented. Shelton mentioned that Hedges could be someone who comes in as a defensive replacement. Maybe it's one of those cases where Davis catches six or seven innings, and if the team's leading, you go to Hedges to finish it off, and that's fine. But he needs bulks of innings and not just random one-offs. If you do think this guy is a major league catcher, which they have insisted time and time again, this guy is going to catch at the major league level. That's great. How are you going to do that whenever you don't get the major league reps? And again, I read the, I wrote the piece. Go read it on the site. There was, it literally answers the question, but I'm, I'm talking more just big picture. This guy was at Altoona for months this year, absolutely eating Eastern League pitching. He had no chance against him and the, because you're seeing what he's doing at the major league, major league level. I mean, he's a plus hitter in the major league so far in his first month. He was doing that against double-A pitching at the beginning of the year. Of course, he was going to just absolutely clobber them. And he was down there because he needed to catch every day. And then the team quickly changed to, look, we just need the bat in the lineup right now. Call him up. We'll put him in right field. We'll figure it out. Okay. I get that. But you can't have two months of potential development just whittle down to, oh, he was an Altuna because he needed he needed to get those reps at catcher, and now he's not catching anymore. He needs those reps too. If it's not right now, if they're still working, okay, because they are putting work behind the scenes. That's the one thing I can definitively say right now. There is a lot of work going on behind the scenes that's good. Continue to grow there, but it can't just be one-off innings, which is really what it's been so far, what they've looked for. And they add one option or one opportunity, and they put them in. It went the way it went. 
did not that good or that bad. It was literally an inning of catching. Josh Van Meter can do it. Henry Davis can too. So, but if this guy is going to be part of your catching plans in 2024 and 2025 and so on, you got to get him reps, especially if, you know, these next two months are going to look the way they appear to be shaping up right now, which is not very promising competition wise. We're, we're you know, maybe not competition wise, but this team making for the playoffs again even though they look like it. And I keep going back to April, and man, I think people are going to be tired of hearing about April. I think I'm going to keep bringing it up until the end of the year, if not after, because that really was the tease, the tease of what this team could be and where they are here in year four. We're going to take a break. We got some comments here. I'm, I'm going to go through them all. I've been paying attention to you guys. We'll finish it off on a strong note. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. A couple questions here to wrap up the night. For those of you who are hanging out with me on the West Coast late at night, appreciate it. And appreciate everyone who listens on this show uh, whenever it becomes a podcast for the sale. Also, uh, Randy Wagner, what does Andy bring a catcher compared to Henry Davis at catcher? Uh, Andy is a much, I, I don't want to say better, you know, but better. He's he's more advanced as a receiver. And he has been for some time. There's still, you know, the game planning, there's still the other intangible parts of the position that he's really working on. But whenever we're literally talking about catching the ball and presenting it the right way, Andy is better. That's why he's getting more reps behind the plate right now. And Ryan uh, Little brings up, I don't think we can do it with Andy Haynes. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm not gonna get into an Andy Haynes off late at night. I've brought this point up a couple times in like live cues. I might have said it here a couple times. I've seen areas of growth with a lot of these players. I've also seen a lot of these players not progress the way that they should. So I, I get the frustration with the offense. <laughs> with the offense, uh, there's some parts that are good. There's some parts that aren't. And these next two and a half months, I think, are really going to determine what the future is for how this team goes about hitting development. And really, I guess a whole lot's going to be determined in these next two months if they do not go well. Going to be very interesting. The job security of a couple guys. Couple more here, uh, Jason Reich. Are you worried with the K's with Andy? No, no, not yet. It's been only a handful of games, and yeah, there have been some ugly swings. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He's also, you know, adjusted to major league pitching. That'll happen. Not everyone's going to be a uh, De La Cruz. Just is. Even then, De La Cruz dipped below uh, a 100 WRC plus for a little bit, so it's not always clear. And then, any chance Troy gets? Dealt at the deadline. We're going to close here. I I think there's a pretty good chance with this. Just very – it's more 
it's less what I've heard, and it's more just reading the room of where this organization is with first base depth. He's someone who can maybe bring back a little. I mean, I wouldn't expect a huge trade back. The Pirates traded Jack Hartman to get him, who was a single-A relief pitcher with a Tommy John surgery. On like, I wouldn't expect a whole lot in the trade, but I definitely would expect him to be dangled out there it's a way to offload some money it's a way to maybe bring in a lottery ticket but then again like i said in that first segment you don't you can use the veterans you can use someone like g-man Choi on this roster for the last couple months of the season i'll just say it and with that we're going to call this an episode thank you so much for listening and for those of you who watched uh watch me live on youtube (laughs) this friday night so really appreciate it thank you all so much for listening we'll talk again next week